Welcome. Welcome to Modern Mind. To Modern Mind. Ancient book. Ancient book. Where we together explore one of the most important books in human history. Welcome to another Modern Mind ancient book. We are resuming our survey today. We are going to be discussing the book of Genesis. It's quite an interesting book. It's one that holds great significance for the formation of what we would today call modern Israel. And indeed, for the religious worldview that we call Christianity. Doug, why don't you give us an introduction to the book of Genesis? What does the title mean? Well, it does mean uh, in the beginning. Uh, the Hebrew word uh, Bereshit is uh, the alternative word that the Jews would use to describe the book. And it really does concern a lot of foundations in the Bible which are carried forward from the beginning to the end of the book. It has a lot of important concepts in it. Yes, sir. In the beginning. So this book starts with what we might consider a creation account. I wanted to lightly broach on the subject that Genesis is not a scientific document. Doug, you care to elaborate on that? I'd be glad to, Roger. So, this podcast is called Modern Mind Ancient Book, and the modern mind wants to think in terms of science, and that's really not was a, not what was in the minds of uh, Moses when he wrote the book. Uh, it's really a, a, a polemic against the uh, ideas that were prevalent in the Egyptian uh, view of the world. And while there are certainly ideas that, that science might, might touch on, that's not the primary focus of the book. That's the truth. There's not a hypothesis. There's not controls. There's not tests. That's not what this book is about. The book of Genesis is compiled by Moses, just like you said. It was delivered to the Exodus generation. So while it is the first book in the series of the first five books that we call the law, it's a book that's meant to reprogram Israel from their 430 years as Egyptian. Let me explain what a polemic is. It's a big word. It's an argument. It's an argument contrary to the Egyptian framework of their religious expressions and beliefs. If you would like some further reading, you can look up Hermopolis Heliopolis Memphis. Those are the three main Egyptian beliefs. There's also a creation tradition of Kanum, K-H-N-U-M. We will get into that, but not today. The date, Doug, where do we put the date on this thing? Well, the date that uh, we look at this is certainly going to be after the book of Job, which we talked about in the earlier episode, is probably the first book. 
and there is some uh, discussion about certainty of date. Um, were you looking at uh, 1800 BC or, or 1800 uh, BCE before Common Era? You know, the date of the writing of the book is uh, 1445 BC or, or BCE. Uh, the distinction meaning the time at which the migration of Jacob's family to Israel was in uh, 1800 BC, and again, the writing in uh, 1445 BC. Again, this is a general estimate. Yeah, so we have the book of Genesis spanning from creation, and Rashid, Bay Rashid, so Rashid is the word, it's sort of an unspecified time. It's it's not necessarily the very beginning, nothing to something. Instead, again, it's an argument against the gods of Egypt. This is a very important framework to understand Genesis. Genesis is about the formation of the nation of Israel, who at this point would be called the Hebrews. So Genesis goes from the creation to the migration of Jacob's family to Israel in 1800 BC. The book then was created as an actual scroll or written on stone tablets or however it was first created in written form around 1445 BCE. Now, oral tradition would have carried this story through that time. Ancient peoples didn't necessarily rely on writing in the same way that we do. So, Doug, who were the first people to receive this? Well, it would have been the Israelites. You know, there's those people groups that were coming out of Egypt. You know, earlier you had mentioned what had happened to the people, how they had to be reprogrammed. And I think that's a good word because while the story itself talks about the creation of the world, the authorship took place in the context of someone who was in Egypt and left Egypt. Yeah, in the context of a people fleeing a nation to become a new nation. So imagine for a second you had lived your entire life, uh, we're in America, if you had lived in Australia or you lived in China those people would be exposed to all of those ideas uh, for their entire life and even for generations. Yeah, the Chinese one is a, is a very good example because they do believe so very differently than we do. If you were to then give them Christianity as a national identity, that would be a challenging prospect for them. A different idea, and that's what you see here. So, Doug, let's, let's get into kind of the general overview of this, and, and we can spend a fair amount of time in this. It's important that we get this book right. This is the frame that sets the whole Old Testament, and indeed the New Testament, in its context. You're right, Roger. Um... Let me just talk a little bit about the authorship. Now, traditionally, the author is the Book of Moses. Um, in a lot of modern scholarship, 
there is a debate on whether there are different sources for the book of Genesis, and it has to do with the idea that there was uh, an editor and a compilation of the books. I don't want to go into too much detail, but I did want the readers and the hearers to know that there is this controversy that's out there. Well, we can actually accept that there is an editor and that it was compiled because Moses traditionally is the editor and he's the one who compiled it just like he did Job, presumably because of Jethro, and this book presumably because of his Egyptian upbringing. He was very familiar with the Egyptian religious worldviews and thus he compiled this book as, like you said, an argument against it. We can totally accept that without any reservation. So what more do we want to talk about the book? Well, we wanted to get into the content now. So you have, in the beginning of this book, the creation accounts. There are basically two. You have Genesis 1 and you have Genesis 2. Now Genesis 1 I'm going to place in the creation narrative of the creation of all of the universe in our mind, but in the ancient mind, just the creation of, like, say, the earth, the waters above, the waters below, the dry land. Then you have Genesis 2, which deals with sort of the creation of human beings, plants, and animals. And this actually follows, if the listener cares to look into it, the three creation myths of the Egyptians that I spoke about. The Genesis account is not presented as a myth in contrast to the Egyptian accounts, which are presented as myths. And I think that's a very important point. That's really interesting, uh, Roger. So, so what happens after the creation of the world? What, what happens next after the introduction of, of Adam and Eve? Well, we have the fall. So, it's an interesting play where in the garden, which is a separate place, specially designated where Adam and Eve, the first creations, were set. Then, they accept the word of the adversary, of the one who comes in and says, well, God didn't really tell you the truth. You could be like him. That's the gist of it. They accept that. They eat the fruit. They fall. Suddenly they're aware that they're naked and they're afraid. If you've ever seen that show. So they get kicked out of the garden. Then they have sons. One of their sons murders the other one. He gets outcast. There's other people out there, which is a strange thing. Then you have Noah and a flood that, according to the Bible, inundates the whole earth. And many people die and many animals die. But Noah found favor in God's sight. Now enters one of the most important frameworks in the Bible that we must understand to properly read the Old Testament. And that has to do with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Doug, take it from here. 
So the idea of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob um, is the people group of uh, Israel. And there's a story of how God chooses one family. uh, And through that family, he's going to reconcile the world and humanity back to himself, uh, back to Eden, where... Uh, Adam and Eve originally walk with God until they were expelled. Yeah, so God tells Abraham that he's going to have descendants that are as many as the sand on the seashore. Now, meanwhile, Abram can't even have children. Now, he does some things, and we'll eventually get into these stories a little bit deeper, but the, the important thing is exactly what you said, is that these are the forefathers these are the people from whom came the nation of Israel. And now Genesis is all about the formation of the nation of Israel. So it's absolutely imperative that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob be listed. This narrative takes us through to Joseph. And in Joseph, Egypt enters the picture again. So Egypt became Because of Joseph's being taken down there, thus the people are now in Egypt and we're on our way to Exodus. That's right. And in fact, the next episode is going to be about uh, the book of Exodus. And we have really covered a lot of territory. And this is a survey. There are lots and lots of details that we have not covered and the telling of, of, of the story here. And as always, we hope that we've given you enough information that you would want to dig into the, the details on this. And I promise you, if you do so, as you get further into the story, you're going to be enriched on a much greater level because of the effort that you made to go beyond the, uh, the surface level that we're introducing right now. That's right, and we'll eventually get to the deeper level, so we just want to thank you for joining us today, and um, we wish you all the best. We'll see you next time. Doug, say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Come back soon. Thank you for joining us for Modern Mind, Ancient Book. We hope that the time spent with us was valuable for you. It certainly was for us. Like Isabella said, please come back soon.